0: Thank you. Good morning! morning. Becky's gonna make her way up. She's got a couple announcements. Come and find a seat. Here she comes. Good morning online. Sorry, our lives are not together today. And that's okay. Give us grace. Hi, Becky. Hi. How are you? I'm gonna join you. Yeah.
1: We'll treat it like a join instead of yeah. me being late. <laughs> yes, join. Join it. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning online. Um, if you are new with us, and then also if you've been here a minute and you happen to just walk through the doors to get to your seat, um, we are, it looks a little creative outside. <laughs> That's how I'm going to say it looks creative and there's a purpose, and by next Sunday, the purpose will be revealed. Crisp. <laughs> that's the word. It's going to be nice and crisp. So um, why don't you stand, because we're just going to get right into worship this morning. We're going to prepare our hearts and get ready. This, this morning, we... Um, as a team, one of our sta- one of our team members had said, "You know, I don't know if it's if it's the fact that I need to either repent or calm my brain or whatever it is, but wanting to be able to come into this room and have these moments together, and truly leave change. And I think that that if that's how for those of us who are here, you know, all the time we can imagine how it is just for everyone. And so, um, let's take a moment." And, like, quiet our heart and our minds because sometimes, you know, on our way to get to church is a battle. Sometimes it's easy. Um, And so let's just ready our heart for the fact that, one, his mercies are new every morning. And, two, he is outrageously eager to show a new side of his face to you. So let's seek that this morning. Jesus, we love you. Father, forgive me for the times that I've showed up and have played church. Father, this morning, I invite you to move in this place. Father, the Bible talks about how mountains melt like wax before you. So, Father, let that be our hearts and our minds today. Change us from the inside out. Move and do what only you can do. Thanks for including us in your plan, Jesus. Thank you that we don't take you by surprise. You're a good God and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's worship.
2: Let this be a place where you Be clean and this heart be pure, blameless as the bride. You're coming for. Let's sing that again. So let this be a place where you long to come. One more, more of you, God. More of you. I just want more. I just want more. More of you, God. More of you. I just want more. I just want. heart come and heal every part lord god i want more of you so just one touch from your robe it steals the i oh.
3: I'm Christine, so we're just going into our next um, extension of worship, which is um, tithes and offering, um, so we have four ways to give, we have four ways to give, so we have our mailbox, which is outside, so I'll, um, thank you to our online givers that mail it out to us at 490 Oldie Avenue, and then we have our giving box outside, and I know we're sprucing it up. Becky hates that box, but that box is staying. <laughs> and then we also have our website. Um, and if you haven't noticed, um, it's changed from new490.info to something easier, which is newlifeastoria.com. So throw the other one away from your mind, from your existence, as far as the east is from the west, into the bottom of the sea. <laughs> We are now newlifeastoria.com, and we also have our church center app. So thank you so much for your giving, for your sacrificial generosity. And um, I know um, Brandon Baird was here, and he those that's one of the things that your generosity um, uh, goes towards. But also, it also covers all the everyday essentials of our church to run our church from air conditioning. <laughs> toilet paper all the good stuff so let's pray heavenly father i thank you so much for today i thank you for your lord i thank you for your presence here i thank you for every soul that's in this place for everyone that you brought here and for those that are watching online and lord i'd like um what we're singing that we don't want to leave without being touched by you. Just like that woman who touched your robe, Lord, she was so desperate. That if she could just touch the corner of his robe, little tassels there, Lord, that would be enough for her. And she did not, she came out of that different, transformed, healed, whole. And so let us not leave this place the same as when we entered. Lord, thank you for your presence here. Please, Lord, if we're holding on to something that we shouldn't, let us lay it down so that we can enter your presence, God, with pure hearts, with pure worship. Lord, thank you again for every generous heart and every generous giving, Lord, and help us as a church that no matter um, no matter how you bless us and the resources that you provide, Lord, help us to steward it with integrity, with humility, and with honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
2: Spirit break out CAR-
0: there's an ask of us. Each individual, there's an ask. There's something that is highlighted in your mind as we're singing in the words, break our walls down, heaven come down. Something is highlighted in our minds. So we're going to camp here until we can speak with Holy Spirit about what that's about.
2: Where you meet us, take me there, take me there. For what you need is just an offering, it's right here. God, my life is here, and I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner. Consumed. I want to be tried by fire, purified. You take whatever you desire, Lord. Here's my life. If your glory wants to come here. Let it fall. We want it all. Your fire, it's consuming. Feel this place. Refiner, I wanna be consumed. I wanna be tried by your fire, purified. You take whatever you desire. Fire purified, you take whatever you desire, Lord. Here's my life. I wanna be tried by your fire, purified. You take whatever you desire, Lord. Here's my
4: The Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from the Father. Want you to keep your eyes closed, or close them? Want you think about something that is good in your life? I want you to think about the last time you got a, maybe a gift, or somebody did something for you that was just
2: perfect.
4: a recovering pyromaniac Um, and so in my house fire is a good thing do you have anybody here that fire is a good thing come on sometimes when we think of God's refining fire we just think ah we're just going to have to just burn everything just burn it to the ground but what if fire is coming from a wood stove what if it's just crackling Come on. What if it's just that radiant, warm Christmas morning? Ugh. What if God is giving you good and perfect things and it is refining our bad attitudes? What if it's refining our obsession with complaining? Do you have anybody who is obsessed with complaining besides me? Come on. What if what if God is like, gosh, if you guys would just stop focusing on all the bad stuff and focus on the fire that I'm putting in your life, gosh? This week I I asked some people, I said, Hey, who would you celebrate at New Life? And I'm just going to tell you some of the people that are good and perfect at New Life that were mentioned by name. I said, who, who would you celebrate at New Life and why? Pastor Verlin. Thank you so much for bringing the word last Sunday. It was a good, it was a good gift. April Smith, thank you so much for working behind the scenes. Mel, who maybe you guys don't know, but comes in every Friday and cleans this building. Thank you, Mel. Mel. Angelina runs Kids Life. Thank you for your efforts and all the things that your family does that are overlooked. It is a good gift. And I ask permission. Marlo, thank you for stepping up during challenging times. Am I crying, uh, that's a good thing. Derek? Yeah. You have been declared the Unsung Hero Award winner. Everybody, turn around. You see that black silhouette of a head? Gosh, it's a good-looking silhouette, Derek. James, who also does sound for us. Thank you so much for tinkering with the sound. You're so consistently faithful. I'm only halfway done. Kai, Ahala, come on. Thank you for being just unseen and keeping going. Roger, no arrogance and just so ready to serve. (laughs) Oh man, this is the one that I said and so I'm gonna say his whole name because he loves it. Adam Bruce Cave. Thank you so much for being gregarious, warm, inviting. hope he's listening from out there. He is. Becky. Yeah. Whose life is so full, and yet you're still faithful to carry the burdens of leadership right. in God's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, just, just from the stage... And that's just, that was just me taking one, 15 minutes and saying, hey, guys, let's celebrate the good and perfect gifts. Who feels better right now than they do after they watch the news? Come on. Do you guys feel good? Do you feel better than after scrolling Facebook? Do you feel better? Well, you know what? Let's not go into all that. I just want to say, well done, good and faithful apprentices of Jesus. Can we give a clap? Come on. For apprentices of Jesus, faithful, awesome. You can be seated. You can be seated. I want to I wanna just remind you that you can do that all by yourself. Um, that is, be grateful. And so I, 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 sometimes we, we over-spiritualize things. And we just say, man, we have to have, you know, uh, Kayla here singing over us for us to be followers of Jesus. And yet we can, be, we can be grateful and God can break things off of our lives. Amen? Well, I am I'm pumped to be here. A couple weeks ago, I, I had an opportunity to share with you who was here last uh, two weeks ago, right? And I told you to not worry, but I didn't tell you how to stop worrying. Yes, you guys loved that? It was awesome. You just, oh, man, I love it. Um, well, we're going to start right where we, we left off um, a couple weeks ago in Matthew 11. Matthew 11, and, and the idea is that I'm doing a series this, this month called Supper Time, but before we can eat, we need to have a conversation about what it is to follow Jesus, okay? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, follow Come on, Pat, turn to somebody and holler. Come on. Um, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And so uh, in Matthew 11, Jesus has been, the people have been talking about following Jesus. They've been talking about people who don't follow Jesus. Jesus is saying this beautiful prayer. And then Jesus says this in verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anybody carrying something around today? Anybody anybody just kind of weighed down? Anybody really just struggling with this or that or maybe this relationship or maybe this situation? There's a lot of people right now that are honestly struggling with where they're going to work coming up. Are they going to, are they going to make a choice to be able to continue working where they're working, or are they going to step out of their career and do something completely different because of what is going on in our world? Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Can you just say, turn to somebody and say, take a nap? Come on, take a nap. All right, so you just heard it from your your spouse, your partner. They said that you could take a nap later today. So uh, you're welcome. Um, He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give is light. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this, this idea that we, we pray for God to make the sea calm, but maybe, just maybe, that's not what following Jesus is all about. Maybe, just maybe, following Jesus is a little bit more than throwing up a Hail Mary to our spiritual Santa Claus and him giving us everything that we want. All right? Maybe, just maybe, there is something besides, you know, because we've got the people who try really hard, right, to be good Christians, and then we have the people over here who are like, you know, Jesus says that everything would be good, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm weary and heavy laden, then then then, you know, he'll give me rest, and I pray, and he doesn't give me rest, and so, you know, there's probably just something wrong with me. Anybody here feel shame? Anybody? Just me? Just me? Okay, good. Awesome. I'm so happy. This is fantastic. So what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. Well, let's just look at some of the people that Jesus invited to follow him. And I want to say this before we before we even get into that story, that this is an invitation. This is an invitation to anyone. It's not coercion. It's not manipulation. It's not my way or the highway, that Jesus consistently throughout his ministry was like, hey, come here. Come come with me. I have an invitation. Hey, do you want to see what life is like on the other side? People were coming to him, and he was going to people. Matthew 4 in verse 18, one day as Jesus was taking a stroll, Along the shore. I mean, does it get better than that? Who, who, who likes going on long watch, w- walks on the beach? Yeah? Come on. Who gets taken to the beach for long walks? Okay? Yeah, there we go. We got a couple. Okay. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Anybody here do something for a living? Okay, so we have like five working people here. That's great. The rest of you are what? Trust fund babies? They did it for a living. Who here works for a living? Come on. Yeah? You, you go out, you do something, whatever it is, right? You have, who, who just sits around and eats bonbons in here? Okay, we've got a couple just kept, wonderful, provided for, amazing people. Everybody else. You know, (laughs) come on, I don't know if bonbons are in here, okay, but. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, hey, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. These are people who have a life. They are, they are l- literally in the middle of work. Like what? I want you to just close your eyes, and I know this is going to be like kind of traumatic, but close your eyes and imagine being in the place where you work. I know, we're going we're gonna to leave this place soon, but I just need you to imagine being there at work. And Jesus rolls in, he's like, hey, I want you to stop what you're doing and come with me. And some of you guys are like, yes, that is the call of the Lord. But most of us are responsible enough to say, I actually have to stay here all week. Like, I can't just, like, drop it and go. Okay? Well, he says, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him because they hated their jobs. That's not what it says. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers who were spitfires, kind of punks, James and John sitting on a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. I can just imagine, you know, as a pastor, just rolling out to Swenson, Derek and Randy. And this actually happened a couple weeks ago. They were not too pleased, but they were, in fact, fixing their nets. And I can just imagine, I was like, guys, forget that. Come with me. Derek's like, yes, I'm coming. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how Randy would feel if Derek was like, sorry, Dad. The Lord is called. I must go now. Not good. Not good. (laughs) They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Now, do these sound like people who don't have anything going on? They're clearly in the middle of something, right? Fast forward to Matthew 9, verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, Jesus and his strolls. (laughs) Like, dude, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and. Is it up there? You guys, can you guys see this? Let's read it together. So what did Matthew do? Matthew got up and. Matthew is just minding his own business. Simon. Andrew, James, John, they are busy people. They are doing what they're doing for a living, right? And Jesus rolls in. He's like, hey, you guys want to go do something else? And it wasn't go to Club FM and walk around Fred Meyers. Okay? It was... I mean, Jesus is like, hey, I want you to stop doing what you're doing. There, I have something better for you. I have something better for you. Come, follow me. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Verse 10. Later, Matthew invited Jesus to and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with him, many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. And we always focus on, like, the disreputable sinners, right? Because it's easier to focus on that. But why are we not talking about the fact that Jesus is like, hey, come follow me, dude who has a lot of food in his fridge? Think about it. Jesus is, if you read through this, Jesus is couch surfing. Hmm, maybe if I pick up these fishermen, maybe I can get some
2: food,
4: hang out with this tax collector, maybe we go eat some dinner, he picks up the check. It's so much easier to focus on the bad people or the people that we're ashamed of, right? Or the people that we think we're better than. It's so much easier to focus on the people who don't have, you know, uh, man, you know, bless their hearts. Disreputable sinners. But why why are we missing the fact that Jesus is literally, if you go through the book of Luke, Jesus is literally either coming from a party or going to a dinner. Am I the only one who has seen this? You don't get a reputation as being a glutton if you eat cheese and crackers. You don't get a reputation as a drunkard if you never go to Fort George. How is it that Jesus has a reputation as a glutton and a drunkard? Because Your dude was eating and drinking a lot. With his homies, who he said, stop working and come follow me. Now, you guys, who here is confused? Right? Because we've kind of gone into left field. Why are we talking about cheese and crackers and and being a drunk? Like, I thought for sure that wasn't going to be on the test. Thought we weren't talking about that anymore. And do not, do not bring gluttony up to an American. Like, that is off limits, okay? I'm saying it for a reason. Jesus was walking along. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home, as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. This is where we're going to end. In Luke 19. Yes, Jesus is going to a party. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be an apprentice of Jesus? Back in Jesus' day, Jesus was a rabbi. That's the name that he would have, the title that he would have had. And rabbis had disciples. But the word disciples doesn't really like translate. I mean, who here has a disciple? It's not a word that we use. In English, in the 21st century America, a better word in English is apprentice. You find a journeyman who is allowed to work on houses and do electric, electrical work, you find somebody who is a plumber, who is a journeyman, and you say, hey, I want to make more money than I'm making flipping burgers at Burger King. Can I be your apprentice? Jesus is a rabbi. He has a teaching. That, that, that term yoke is, is the obligations, the teachings of your rabbi Meaning the philosophies, the ethics, the way that we do life. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. He was not talking about pulling carts. He was talking about being his apprentice. Being a follower. Jesus specifically calls these dudes, but then he opens up the whole thing. He says, everybody, come be my disciples. Come follow me. And clearly, Jesus is a good time at your expense. No, that's not true. That's not true. But Jesus is constantly inviting himself over to people's houses to eat and drink their food and their drink. Luke 19, and this is such a famous story, but Luke 19 Verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. Who has heard this story before? Come on. Zacchaeus was a... Like, what does that even mean? Like, why do we say things that just don't make sense? He's just a wee little man. Like, we're not in Scotland. We're in America. But yet, all of us know that Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And he was. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he said, Zacchaeus? May we say that Christians are predictable? (laughs) Yes. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus shows up. Jesus is like big time. Jesus is not just, you know, some, you know, country bumpkin rabbi. Jesus is a big deal. Thousands of people are showing up to Jesus' events, okay? He is packing out all kinds of stadiums, and they don't even have stadiums back then, so they just use whole mountainsides. Jesus is a big deal. Also, he healed my cousin's eyes, and so for sure I'm going to go see him, right? The Daily A says, you know, headline, Jesus is coming, People are, you know, showing up, people are getting off work, people are going, and there's this dude who's just a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. And he shows up, and, and you've pr- probably heard this story, minus the Scottish accent. And he can't see, and so he's like, you know what? I'm going to go climb a tree. Because that makes sense. Climbs a tree. Jesus sees the dude in the tree, and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to hang out with you. Come with me. Actually, I want to come with you (laughs) to your place. I heard that you have a guest room. And it says, you know, Zacchaeus throws this, you know, banging party. There's all kinds of notorious, disreputable sinners. And you've probably heard all of that, yes? But did you hear the part where Zacchaeus was a chief? Did you hear the part where Zacchaeus was a boss? Did you hear the part where Zacchaeus is a very high-functioning adult? Did you hear the part where where Zacchaeus knows how to solve problems, right? Let's just play it forward. I have children and they all must do seven extracurricular activities or they will grow up to be, I don't know, something terrible. And so I must get them into ballet and soccer and volleyball and teach them, I don't know, some calligraphy class or something. Moms, does this sound familiar? You are chiefs. You are somehow in seven different places at once. You know how to problem solve. You are bosses. Zacchaeus is a high-functioning adult. It says he's the chief. How many of you guys have a manager? Yeah? You guys have, you know, someone who's in charge of you. And then how many of you have a boss who has a boss? Right? Okay. we're talking about your boss's boss. Not exactly a slouch. Not exactly somebody who's like, oh, things aren't going my way. Darn, I guess it's just going to be terrible. We're talking about a high-functioning adult. He shows up to a, a crowd. He wants to see Jesus, and so he solves his problem. has nothing to do with the sycamore tree. It has nothing to do with being a wee little man, right? Zacchaeus wants to accomplish something, and so he does. How many of us know people who have been laid off in the last year and started their own business? How many people do we know who, on a dime, have shifted their entire livelihood because they're bosses? Those are the kind of people that this story is talking about. But it's not just high-functioning people. It also, there's another CPA. His name's Matthew. We just read about him. He is just sitting, twiddling his thumbs, you know, at work, just being what you would imagine a bean counter is. He's not solving any problems. He's not doing anything extraordinary. How many people are married to that person? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) And they're just super faithful people. And if there's a problem, they're like, yeah, man, the dude abides. It's all going to work out, man. Jesus doesn't care how high-functioning you are. He will, he will take somebody who is just, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and if they can't do that, then we're going home early. Jesus is also calling the... Some people are really having a hard time right now, because they're like, oh, man, I really want to say my husband's name right now. I just... Or, oh, gosh, if I could just throw somebody under the bus. Don't do it. But you're thinking about that person. Because we tend to see ourselves and the things that we do as good and, and morally right. And then the people who are opposite of us, we don't really, it's like, I, guess, I wish they would just get in gear. Or then there's these other people who are just like, man, you're really stressing everyone out over there. And Jesus calls everybody. And Jesus says this. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. If you're a high-functioning person, if you just, like, get it done, type A, seriously, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. You, I mean, you have got solutions on solutions on solutions. You just need more people to do what you tell them to do. Come on, I, this is, I'm not being facetious. No one's going to, you know, take pictures of you. We're not going to talk about it later. If you are just a faithful person, and you just like to do your job, and you just don't want to be bothered, and you just want to do your job, well, come on, raise your hand. Yeah, me. I, I remember one time talking about, gosh, you know, I just wish I could just get into a routine, and the mentor that I was talking to, he was like, that's hilarious, I just want to do my job, like when I'm scheduled to do it. Anybody? Come on. You're my people. And Jesus calls all of us, all of us. He sees us. I mean, he created us. He loves who you are. He loves that you have that tendency to do that or to do this. He loves it. And he says, hey, I know that life can get rough. I know that life can be a bit of a downer sometimes. And so he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I came to bring life and life abundantly I have life on tap. Not just a little bit, not just like an inspirational moment where I just kind of, ah, great, awesome. But Jesus literally, like how many people have ever, don't raise your hand. Just, we'll just go there in our minds. Have you ever been to a bar and they have like a tap room and it's like, there's no way you're going to drink all of that beer. There's just no way. And Jesus is like, there's no way that you could possibly consume the amount of life that I have for you. No way. You want to come hang out with me? You want to come hang out with me? You want to come hang out with me? Hey, come follow me. Hey, come follow me. Stop what you're doing. Stop your routine for a second. Pick your eyes up. Stop abiding in mediocre life. I have something for you. Matthew, I have something for you. Pick your eyes up, bud. The calculator is still going to be there tomorrow. Pick your eyes up. I have something for you. Come, follow me. Hey, the person who is... up at night trying to figure out your route to all the soccer games and volleyball games and also the grocery store and praise God for Instacart. Come on, right? God says, slow down, slow down. I have something for you. I have something for you, something special. And I promise it's not gonna consume all of your time. But I do need some of your time. I do need some of it. Slow down, Zacchaeus. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. New Life, I invite you to let Jesus be in your home today. Today Ooh, that makes me feel nice. Light a candle? You know? Maybe maybe put on some spa music and just hmm. Not what I'm talking about. But nothing against candles or spa music. For vast, I don't know. babe. Summer? Last summer. So the last few months, my family has been doing something. We have been inviting Jesus into our home every Sunday evening with all of our children, just not just our favorite ones. He's right over there. The other two don't have phones to watch this later, so we're good. Um, and we have sat down at a dinner table like good apprentices of Jesus, and we have eaten a simple meal, and we have invited Jesus to our table. That lasts 45 minutes, an hour, right? And then we go back to our busy lives. Because, unfortunately, our kids still have to go to school. Ugh. And we still have to go to our jobs. Now, this is, not, this is not like the complete picture of following Jesus, but, but eating with Jesus is definitely 100% part of following Jesus. Every single person that was a disciple of Jesus ate with Jesus. Jesus hosted people and he was hosted. Jesus was constantly eating. And drinking to the point where, and I alluded to it earlier, he had a reputation for being a glutton and a drunkard. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus overate in excess, and I'm not saying that Jesus drank until he got drunk. But he definitely didn't get that reputation by being abstinent and fasting. Right? So I'm going to invite you. New life. New life. I'm gonna invite you to invite Jesus into your home this evening. Angelo, I'm busy this evening. (gasps) What? An American family? Too busy to sit down together? That's like a statistic. Did you know? that over half of Americans eat most of their meals alone. Meaning, most of us eat most of our meals alone. Think about that for a second. Most of us eat most of our meals alone. I'm gonna invite you, it is inconvenient it is not, you know, I don't know. It doesn't fit our schedule. And then I'm going to invite you to block out tonight, make yourself a meal. And, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be anything nuts. Zacchaeus, I mean, it sounds like Zacchaeus had like 30 seconds to figure out what he was going to make for dinner. Our meal on Sunday evenings and, and I mean every Sunday evening, we sit down, we make a pot of spaghetti, throw some meatballs in there, we swing over to Club FM, we pick up, you know, this artesian bread for like $2.75. It has rosemary in it. I do remember my favorite son saying, ooh, this has rosemary in it. Which is great, because all he eats is chicken nuggets. So um, we, grab, we grab a bottle of wine and some grape juice. It's not complicated. It's not wild. It's not crazy. But it does have a purpose. So I'm going to invite you to join me to join Jesus Sit down with all the people who live in your house and you say, hey, Angela, I can't make it this week. You know, they're out of town or, or you know, they, we've got baseball or we have homework or all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now that, that teaching your children how to follow Jesus is more important than baseball and homework. You're like, Angelo, I don't even know anything about this Jesus guy. I just, you know, somehow the algorithm gods put this on my phone, and I'm just, you know, you're kind of ridiculously hilarious, and so I just kept watching. But I don't, I don't follow Jesus. That's fine. Sit down with your family. Ask them how their day was. Most Americans are lonely to the point of pathology, to the point of sickness, And disease. Spend some time with the most important people in your life. And then, I'm going to invite you to do that for the rest of the month. You want how many Sunday evenings? It's not for me, it's for you. Four. Do you think that you could do that for Jesus? You think that you could do that for your children? You think that you could do that for your spouse? Think that you could just stop and eat and drink and savor the life that you have? This week, the whole purpose is just for you to do it, okay? And I'm even gonna release a video. Tomorrow that says, you did it, way to go, you're a rock star. That's it. That's the whole point. The point is to get together with all the people that live in your house, have a simple meal, and just enjoy it. Like Jesus. And then the following weeks, each week we're going to have a specific purpose each week for you and your family to focus in, to drive down what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus. Just some basic things. And we're going to invite Jesus into our food, into our drink, into our, into our homes and our tables. How are you guys feeling about that? We've got a few people, okay? It's probably already on those people's calendars. They have, they have tuned out the last five minutes and they're like, okay, if we move this here and, and we, you know, send that text to that person, we cancel here. Okay, we shift this. Okay, he's going to go there. I'm going to go there. And Jesus is getting 47 tight minutes. And then we're off to the races. Being a follower of Jesus is not as hard as we make it. It really isn't. Jesus did a lot of things consistently, thoroughly, over and over and over and over again, and those things produce life and life abundantly. I believe that God is going to bring life into your home. God is going to bring life into your marriage. God is going to bring life into your heart and your mind, and you are going to look up after four weeks and you're just going to be like, "Woo!" That was something. We should keep doing this. Guarantee it, 100%. It's going to be awesome. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads, cross your fingers? Lord, I thank you that you invite us to come and be with you. Jesus, I thank you that you don't, you're not stressed out about us being just absolutely psychally, overly busy or super, super chill to the point of not getting anything done. Lord, that you invite us to come spend a meal with you. Lord, I ask that you would help us to be aware of our own schedules The own busyness um, or lack of busyness in our lives. Lord, that you would bring purpose to our tables, to our marriages, to our lives, and to our children. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. New Life, you guys are awesome. I'll see you guys next week.